0: Welcome to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. Social media is hard, but trying to do social media as somebody else is impossible. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome? Do you hate seeing yourself on camera? Are you unsure of what platform to be on and how often to show up there? Well, join the club. On every episode, you'll hear a real life person talk about their successes and struggles on social media how they overcame their own insecurities, and they'll give practical insight for you to apply today. So if you're ready, let's start the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Social Media Mindset. And I have a fellow author with me today. And it feels so cool to say that because that means I'm an author and it's still so new. I'm super pumped about it. Guys, I just want to read, I'm going to tell you about Chris in a second, but I I, I want to read what what someone else said about you on the top of your book, right? Steve said, this book made me cringe. It's written in blood. Chris Felton fearlessly exposes his darkest hours as a man seeking self-redemption. I couldn't put it down. What, what an unbelievable thing to have said about, about something you did. And, and so, Chris, you, you, you have 24 years in the financial services industry. And as an entrepreneur, you talk about in the book how you were multiple six figures deep into debt, and now you're a seven-figure earner in business as an entrepreneur. Your, your life has done a complete 180. And I am just pumped, man, to have you on the show to talk through Think and Grow You. That's the that's the title of the book. And so, man, welcome
1: to the show. Kyle, awesome being here, man. And congratulations on kicking ass with your book and thank you. All the all that good stuff, dude. You're a freaking rock star. And I'm grateful that we met and excited I am to too. be on here today. Yeah.
0: yeah. I am too. And so I, I wanna I wanna just start. I, I wanna start here. Take us through the darkest moment and kind of where you talk about in the book, but I'll let, I want you to talk about it the way you want to talk about it. Talk us through kind of that darkest moment where like the realization happened. that, like, wait, wait a second. In all of my bad moments, the only common denominator that exists <laughs> is me. Yeah. What a sobering reality.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I uh, I I had been uh, uh I left a safe corporate uh, career behind uh, in uh, 2000 as a CPA. I was climbing the corporate ladder and shooting to become partner in a, what was then the largest accounting firm in the world at that time. And I left that behind. I started a financial services entrepreneurial business from scratch with my my business partners, and that's. You know, 200 plus licensed agents. We got about 30,000 clients spread out across wow. the United States. And, uh, but I was horrible. I was a dumbass. I mean, I spent, you know, the first two years talking people out of doing business with me. And, um, but just, you know, I had some, had some, some desire and some will to win. And, um, and my first marriage was not a good one. Uh, but we had two amazing kids who are now 21 and 18, which is unbelievable. Wow. Um, and But but had really bad money beliefs and money mindset. And then went through a very expensive and painful divorce. And my kids were uh, three years old and one month old. And they moved from Denver, Colorado to Atlanta, Georgia. And, uh, and then I, I met my second and last wife and current yes. wife, Marlo. She seduced me. And in my weakest moment, but nobody, nobody believes that. Is anyway, that the word she, would she use that word? Dude, she's, she's just not on any of this stuff. And there's, <laughs> we got so many podcasts going. She doesn't listen anymore. So she can't yeah, defend right. herself. But, but I said, you know, she ran into this big pile of hotness here, Kyle. And she just, she just couldn't, she couldn't resist. I believe I, it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I believe I,
1: it. My, my wife's really hot and uh, anyway, she's got eye problems, but, uh, but uh, anyway, but but she walked into what she thought was, you know, a successful guy. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to BS people with how successful you look or are oh, yeah. or whatever. And she bought it, and um, but she didn't realize that I had two hundred fifty thousand dollars of credit card debt mm. because I had to pay my ex-wife. I signed a stupid office lease that I couldn't afford. I'm a financial services entrepreneur in the middle of the Great Recession. And my my darkest moment was I had to pay my ex-wife at the beginning of every month fifty two hundred dollars in alimony and child support, mm. which is a lot of money now, and it was a heck of a lot of money then because I was yeah. totally broke. And I had run out of options. And at this point, I had the only good financial decision I made was I handed the financial reins of everything over to my wife. Best financial decision I ever made. And but I had to come home. And it was a real problem because I didn't have the money to pay my ex-wife. And because I was out of options, my only option, Kyle, was my wife, Marlo, who had a separate savings account separate from our marriage because she was smart enough not to commingle money with a broke dude. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's ever happened in the history of mankind, but I came home and attempted to convince my wife to give me the money to pay my ex-wife. Wow. (laughs) How'd that go? (laughs) We call it the purse throwing incident. So (laughs) she picks up her 20-pound purse. Why are women's purses so freaking huge? For moments like this. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And she had horrible, and still does, has horrible hand-eye coordination. So she luckily would be staring at me, but she would throw it in a completely different direction. Um, but literally this purse flew over my head, splattered everywhere. She picked it up. She threw it at me three times and just lost it. And we had the fight of our lives. And then I was like, well, why are we still together? And then it was total silence. And so she went upstairs for the rest of the night to contemplate that question. Mm. And then there I was. And like you said, I realized that the common theme to, Everything going wrong in my life was me, and so that and, was it. That night, the, yeah, that it was realization. That night. Yeah, yeah, it was that night. It was, it was, um, it was. I, I just, I literally saw dominoes falling in my life. My, I hadn't seen my kids in months because um, I couldn't. I just didn't have the money to go see them. Uh, the stress. Uh, it, it was that night that I realized that my ex-wife really never even had a chance. Wow. Uh, because I was going to blow that thing up no matter what. Mm. Um, and, and it was right there and I'm like, going, dude, my way's not working. And my way was the way of what we call the masses or the middle class. And it's, it, I call it hopium. It's mm. hoping the outside world will change while I insist on remaining the same. And it's, it's rearranging the furniture on the deck of the Titanic. And that's what I was doing. And it was just right there in that moment. I said, I had to change. And then to kind of the end of the story here is, the next day, we came together, and to my wife's immense credit, in her time of really horrendous stress and pain, she focused on what she loved about me, mm. and she said, "I don't want to live without that." And so it was—it was really her choice, Kyle. We came together the next day, and she was like, uh, "We're staying. We're staying married. We're not declaring wow. bankruptcy. We're not getting jobs." Uh, we're gonna figure out our business, and so she got on planes, trains, and automobiles for the next two years, and we had access to wealthy mentors, thank God. And she said, "I'm gonna figure out how they think, what they do," and then she pointed her big finger at me, and she's like, "What are you going to do?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm gonna figure out how my thinking keeps creating broke, because mm. how could a how could a CPA who used to tell Fortune 500 companies how to manage your finance department and a fairly successful financial advisor be broke. And I just said, I'm all in on changing. I'm not interested in changing. I'm committed, committed like an Olympic athlete is with their sport. And I just said, I will be up every morning, crack of dawn, and I'm going to journal, visualize image. I'm going to pull out every limiting belief and replace it. You would have told me to stand on my head for an hour if it was going to change my life. I was going to do it, and uh, it didn't happen overnight, but it happened over time, and we had a jaw-dropping financial transformation, um, wow. but I, I had a personal transformation um, that was pretty amazing, so that's, so, that's kind of it. Chris, I, I'd love for
0: you to walk us through, because like, I, think, I think more people have probably had the, the oh, crap moment in their head where they realize like I'm the issue, but then I don't think most people have any action that happens after that to, to result in change. Right. And so what did, so you have this thought that that night you and your wife decide to make it work the next day, but then you had to actually take action. And so was there a blueprint that you followed that like taught you how to journal or did you just say, man, I'm going to open up a book and just start writing in it? Like, what, what did that look like?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the first thing was, it's a couple of things happened was I, I took 100% responsibility for the disaster that was my life. Yeah. So I realized that playing victim wasn't going to work. And people get offended by that word, but it's a very simple definition. Victim is, is blaming outside circumstances for the results in my life. Right. And we all do it. I still do it, but I have to watch it. And I, I, I can't create any change in my life unless I take 100% responsibility for all of it. So that's the first thing. That was the first time yep. in my life I actually did that. The second thing I did was I realized that there were people in my life paying a tremendous price for me staying the same. Mm. There was a lot of pain going around. It's not like they were blaming me, but it was the connection, the prices that other people were paying for me insisting on staying the same. My wife, my kids, me, I was drinking a lot, my health sucked, my spirituality was whacked. I mean, it was just it was too heavy of a price. And and what I didn't do in that moment Uh, Kyle was beat myself up over that. I just was like, all right, dude, other people are paying a really heavy price. Yeah. Me insisting on staying the same. And then the last thing was I actually connected because I could do it pretty easily. My thinking is creating the life that I have. Yeah. And so if I want a different life, I have to, I have to think differently. So the, the first project, one of my chapters in the book is, is, is my coach said, you don't have a problem, you have a project. My first project was really tackling my money beliefs. Okay. And so I grabbed a journal and I, I hired a coach for about four and a half years. But that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, Kyle, is the problem it solves is stuck. And it, it, literally anybody could pick it up and scan a table of contents and go, I'm stuck there. Oh, Chris was stuck there too. Yeah. What did he do to What did he do to get unstuck? So th- this is this is you know tens of thousands of dollars of of studying this stuff and thousands of hours. That's that's why I wrote it is to help people not have to do what I had to do. so I yeah. could just leverage what I did. But anyway, but but the first thing I did is I wrote the word money down, and I wrote down everything I make up about that word. And so what,
0: like I I've all like. I love when some of my episodes get to be about me personally because I just think it it's more real than than just trying to do a canned interview. You know, I've always struggled with because I was a pastor for a long time, right? And when you as from unless you're a mega church pastor, which is very few people, right? As a pastor, you kind of resign yourself to like I'm never going to be wealthy because that's not what what this calling is about. Now, right? My calling is different or not, or, or looks different. And so I've always struggled with like, man, what was I meant to have a lot? And so like this resonates so deeply with me personally. And so what were some of those statements that you were choosing to believe about money that were holding you back?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I share, I share all the biggies in the book. Um, but, but it, but it's, you know, it, it's you know what happens is we get programmed around money at a young age and then we never really check in on the validity of it all yeah and so and the, the world class people so you read Steve Siebolt's quote at the beginning that he wrote the, yeah. the foreword of my book he's got the longest running study of self-made millionaires and billionaires on the planet and wow. and and what he learned Kyle was they all had the same limiting beliefs growing up. But at Mm. some point I was 37 at some point they call BS on it and they choose to upgrade their money beliefs. Wow! And it's, it's like upgrading a cell phone. And so my coach is like, okay, let's write down and you can do this with anything in your life, anything in your life where you're not getting a result. There's you plus a thought and you plus a thought equals a result. Mm. So what's empowering for me is and there's no room for victim in this equation, right? It's you and a result, and then you're thinking. And so what's always given me a lot of uh, confidence is if I can change the thinking, I can change the result. It won't happen overnight. Yeah. But if I do the work, the work's going to be worth it. And the work being worth it is, is a huge philosophy throughout my whole book. And so I had that going for me. So when I sat down and I said, money money's hard to make. It's hard to keep. Like you just said, am I meant to, Mm -hmm. right? My mom told me money that you either have it or you don't. Like her belief was you didn't really have a choice in it. Mm. It was someone else's choice. Um, My dad said rich people suck. They make money on the backs of poor people. And so hard to make, hard to keep. Right. I'm making money. Mm. Other people are suffering. Like all this stuff, I'm looking at it and I'm like, going, you know, who's paying the price for me hanging on to these? Wow. Way too heavy. So then I just said, all right, let's create some new ones. You know, making and saving big money is easy. That became one. Um, money is the scorecard of value that I'm creating for other people, which it is. I don't it's know good. how else you, you keep scoring business. Yeah, right. Um, If I if I'm growing, my money is growing. You know, money's just an indicator, and then you know, and then one of my one of my favorite quotes that changed my life, uh, Kyle. You know, and I I I got baptized in 2017. I mean, my spiritual path has been pronounced, but it was actually Billy Graham's quote. I found it. I mean, it's unbelievable. Really? And, and he said, once you get your attitude straight around money, it'll help straighten out every area of your life. He said that he said, wow, that. That, And I put that quote in the book. Once you get your attitude straight around money, it's going to help straighten out every area of your life. Wow. And he was totally, Mm. totally spot on. That quote is as true for me as anybody. So in, in
0: this journey, Chris, you, you looked back and realized that like there were specific pillars that you could kind of look back and go, man, this is what happened here. And this is what happened here. And, and I love the way you broke it down in the book is so simplistic and easy. And you even say it in the beginning, right? That this isn't a book that you'll just read one time and then go put on a bookshelf. Like you will continue to come back to it. And you could almost jump around like one of those, like create your own adventure books, right? Where I might go, man, I don't, I don't know that I worry. But oof, I think I'm settling and I can jump down into the don't settle part. And so in in pillar one for you, get out of your own way. This is what I deal with every day, helping people be better at social media, getting in front of of the camera. And so inside of of pillar one for you, is there one where you feel like this is the holdup for most people?
1: Um.
2: Let me pull in my book.
0: I know there's so many different ones in here. <laughs> yeah. So you can,
1: you can use your cheat sheet. Yeah. Everyone's like, Did you memorize all the chapters. I'm like, no, I haven't memorized. I know. I,
0: I keep my, my PDF on my screen now when I'm doing interviews about it.
1: <laughs> um, I, I, well, I mean, there, there's shit. There's a lot, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Anyway, there um, is a lot
0: of good stuff in here.
1: I mean, I, I think I could probably tie a few of them together, right? Like, okay. um, quit waiting. I think that's tremendously huge for people. One hundred percent. They wait. They're like, well, once once I know more, then, mm. right? Once this happens. So it's it's once again it's it's this victim thing of I need outside validation or external validation or a sign from God or what you know whatever it is mm-hmm.
2: before I can move forward. It's, it's funny. So how
0: do we, for the person listening or watching that is like, yep, I've got four ideas that have been in my head for four years and I'm still combing through excuses as to why I'm not taking any action. What's the, what's the next step for them to get outside of, of the waiting?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's the awareness of I mean, it's just a couple things. I mean, I, and actually, I, 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 my book is written in such a way of, you know, the, there's five pillars, and the last pillar is kind of like the dream of what you want, right? And and I actually tell people stop and and figure out the clarity of what it is that you want, mm. right? And that's a pretty beat up topic in personal growth and development. Sure, but and it's one of those things people are like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what I want. And then they, they're like, well, at some point I'm going to know what I want, but I got to go chase the squirrel that just ran across the patio first. Right. And so right. The, the scheduling of time and knowing what you want is, and I'm very fortunate. I, I get to get mentored by some amazing people, but that's where they always start with me. What are you going for? What are you aiming for? What's the reasons? So, yeah. so that's, that's one of the, that's one of the first things. Um, well, but- if I could interject like a per-
0: my own my, a personal story here, like in this moment, I'm having my own realization of I've, I've always tried to make my why about other people. Right. And so, and, and so I've always said that, like, my purpose on this earth is to leave people better than I find them, which I wholeheartedly believe. And you do. And, and I hope I'm, I'm doing a good job of that but it's always left me feeling very vague when you right if you were to pose the question like what do you want i i don't i don't ever have a great answer for that because all i know is i just want to help you be better yeah but if that's all it is then there's a lot of days that i wake up and i'm like what is the best thing for me to do today and so it's it, I'm already gaining clarity like just reading through the first few pages of this for myself.
1: Yeah, well and, and that's and it, it, that's always, you know, that's always the battle. I mean cuz cuz the story I, I I tell in the in the book is I I w- we were making a move and I I got I got pulled into some pretty amazing Uh, mentoring in my company, and we got flown to New York, and it was Christmas time, and we're in this room with literally the the legends of my business, and including in the front, including in the front of the room is, you know, the guy that's a freaking superstar, Ed Milet. He was in that room. Yeah, you know, mentoring me and forty other guys that day, and we're talking about the how tos of things, right? Because you're teaching people social media how to do this, how to do that, how to do this, how to do that. And one of the main mentors who'd been in the company 10 years shorter than me, and he had tripled what I'd done. Wow. He, he kind of came in late,
2: and he interrupted the meeting. And he's like, what are you guys talking about? Why are you talking about all this stuff, how-to stuff?
1: He's like, I'm kicking your ass because the first time, ever since I came here, I've known what I wanted. I knew why I wanted it, and I could... Communicated under 90 seconds. I
2: mm.
1: was clear. Y'all can't do that. So I'm gonna continue to kick your ass. And he left the room. Wow. And that's that's when I was like, done. Time out. I've heard this two dozen times. I'm over. My wife was with me, and we sat down and I'm like, What do we want? Wow. She's like, I want to be free around money. I'm like, okay how do we define it? She's like, well, we got to have this much in savings. We got to have this kind of net worth. We got to have this size of business. We got to do this, 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 and this. I'm like, why do we care? Why? 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 She's like, I don't want to argue with you around money ever again. I'm like, I want to be a world-class freaking giver philanthropist. Um, So scheduling the time and sitting your ass down and doing the hardest work on the planet, which is thinking it's the hardest yeah. work. Yeah. And if you grab a journal and you're like, what do I really, 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 really want my life to look like. And you sit there and your ego's going to fight with you for about 10 minutes. And then you're going to Earl Nightingale calls it the vein of gold. Then you're going to tap that vein of gold and you're going to start drilling into your subconscious. You don't type you write. And you start coming up with stuff and, uh I was talking to a mentor uh, yesterday and he said, he said, what's your top 25 dreams, Chris? Whoa. I was like, this guy's a multi-billionaire 71. He's like, "He's like, you want to see my dream list? Let's go through it. Massive dreamer. And I'm like, what are my top? So anyway, I came up with 13 yesterday and, uh, wow. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to all my team. Like that's our training next Wednesday. I'm like, what are your top 25 dreams? Like, he's like, dude, your dream flat. Like you're flat, your dream Mm. flat. I'm 71. I'm a multi-billionaire. I'm still dreaming. Anyway, I'm kind of went off in another tangent there, but, but, but that, but that, but that's the juice, man. Like, he's like, dude, your guys don't need to know how to do social media right? They don't need to know how to, they got to have some freaking dreams.
2: Yeah. Right. Just like my guys, they're
1: like, like, well, how do I do this? And how do I sell this? And how do I do that? And it's so easy for me to go. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Little comfort zone. We go into the, the mental masturbation of things and let's think through that. And then he's just like, dude, you know why that guy's kicking your ass in California? He's got a dream list. You don't. Anyway, that was, yeah, that was, fr- that was fresh. That's Talk so 25 good. Five dreams, dude. Talk twenty-five I, dreams. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know that
0: I would have one.
1: Oh no. Like right this
0: second that would like dude, come off my tongue without wow. even thinking.
1: No. It's, so
0: there's my homework.
1: Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I just, I got it. I got it in my phone. And here's the other thing I was. So because he said that and I was like, what are they? And I didn't, give, I didn't give myself pressure because I don't know. I didn't beat myself up. So Siebold posts, um, the, the guy that we're talking about, he posts a video of uh, his number one mentee that he, he coached uh, speaking. Guy makes like 9 million a year speaking. Unbelievable. Wow. And this guy's got a studio where he does all his videos. And he's got like, you've like, seen Tony Robbins screen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like a mini version of that. And I was like, wow. That's a pretty cool dream. So, that is a
0: super cool so dream. So I,
1: so I just, I just threw that down. But there's no way I would have done that. Sure, unless he challenged me to do 25.
0: Oof, I'm taking that one too. I want that. Beautiful. One. Yeah, he's awesome. It's
1: dude. so he, he should be president of the United States. I think. Oh my gosh. I love that guy. Still pouring into people. Wow. Still. I love into it. People. Yeah. So, talk about.
0: It's still in pillar one. I don't, we yeah, may not sorry. even get out of pillar one sorry, before sorry, we're sorry. done with this episode, and that's fine. We might just, do like I'm four parts, up. five
1: fired parts of this. Fired up, but you you, so.
0: you talk about don't wrestle with your ego. Everyone I talk to, right? Everyone I work with, what they don't understand how to actually say out loud is their ego is really what's keeping them from creating more content, from putting themselves out there on video right? We blame other things, but to me, that, that is truly what it is at the end of the day. And so I'm imagining for you, you're, you're a CPA at the largest financial company in the world, right? You're, you're having this success, but you know behind the scenes, it's not working out for you. The wrestling that you had to have gone through with your ego had to have been insane. And so what did the realization of that look like? And then how would somebody begin to try to, what, weaken their ego, remove their ego, however you'd say it.
1: Yeah. I mean, just, and I think it all kind of, you know, so sort, kind sort of just close the loop on that whole quit waiting thing. Like, like ha, ha, you, you might not need 25 drinks, but like, what's one of them? Like, okay, sure. f- fire my boss. Okay, great. Let's Fine. And you write all, down all the reasons and then it's just like, okay, that's what I want. That's a 60,000 foot level. And then I just need to execute at the five foot level. What's the next thing I need to do? And, and clarity only ha- happens from forward movement. That's it. Mm-hmm. It only happens from forward movement. So just one step at a time, relax, chill the freak out, <laughs> right? Like relax. And just take one small step, just move it, post one video, right? Just do something, right? Because when you start when you start bumping up against things that are uncomfortable, your ego is not your amigo, and it's it's going to mm-hmm. say, it's going to say, "Oh, Kyle, you're a dumbass. You look bad on camera. You, yeah, this, you, that, you, you, whatever." And and so the thing with your ego is, you shouldn't be surprised when that's happening. It's natural, right? But when you understand that, it's. It's holding you back from what you want. Everybody knows that, and so for me, it's like okay, like like when when I was doing my book launch and I was pushing out there, and you know what it's like, man. You're asking for favors. You're reaching out oh, yeah. to people. You're 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 selling. You're promoting yourself. Right? That can be a little uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And my ego's like,
2: ah, the book sucks,
1: and nobody cares about you, and all that. Yeah. But but what I've done for years is when I get uncomfortable and that stuff starts firing, I actually start writing down what I'm making up about
2: the situation. Mm.
1: And then I'm like, okay, I need to move anyway because it's really not this big mountain I need to climb. It's just literally the next step Yeah, because the body in motion stays in motion, right? And just yep. like, I, I, I like to work out, right? And every time my ego is like, well, you could skip today, but that's not going to serve me. I'm like, okay, thanks for weighing in. I'm going to take the next step. I'm putting my shoes on, right? It's good For your guys, I'm going to post a video. I'm going to send this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make the small call. Body in motion stays in motion. And so I just have gotten really good at recognizing what my ego is. And it's just, it's insane. You you talk about in
0: the in the ego section. Use the judge your neighbor worksheet as a guide. Can you can you talk about like what what the judge your neighbor worksheet is?
1: Yeah, it's uh, I, yeah, it, it's uh, we we've got a, a QR code in there, but you can Google it. Yeah, um, and, and this is this is more when a situation with another person triggers me. Sure, right. And, and the situation in the book was, you know, I, I was running a non, a non, kind of a non nonprofit, I was helping them grow, and I'd gotten way off course with what they wanted, and the founders were like, "Hey, man, we need to meet because like stuff's going awry. And I took it personally, mm. right Losers take things personally, as my yep. mentor says, Losers, wow. take, losers take offense. Um, but I, but I did it. I got triggered. Um, I have a, a program that's like, uh, if you don't do what I tell you to do, then you're telling me that I don't matter. Totally crazy, right? Yeah. T- t- that, that was a $2,000 coaching session, right? Oh my gosh. But it's one of the best things I've ever found is, yeah. is if, if I get triggered to I don't matter, then I start reacting.
2: And it's usually not good.
1: And so all this stuff was firing in me. Wow. And I became aware of it. And then I did the judge the neighbor worksheet, which uh, you just, you basically walk through and you write down all the judgments you have about them. You get super petty. Um, And then I won't, I won't ruin the surprise for people, but at the end, there's four questions Okay. It'll give you amazing awareness on it.
2: and I can't wait to do it.
1: Yeah. And what I realized was I was making it all about me. Mm. And, and I, I became aware. And if I would have reacted in the moment when they wanted to talk to me, I would have blown up those relationships. Mm. But then we met and I wrote down everything my ego was making up about it. Don't they know who I am? I'm this, I'm that. I'm better than they are. I know more than they do. I'm more successful than that. They- I mean, mm. it was, dude, crazy, toxic stuff. And I wrote it down and I did that exercise and I came back to the journal like five days later and I'm like, did somebody break into my journal and write this stuff down? I couldn't believe I wrote that stuff. Wow. Wow. And then I met with them and they're like, dude, you need to follow protocol. I'm like, totally get it. Sorry, man.
0: You're right. What's the, this, this is a random question, but what's the significant, cause you said it earlier, to like physically writing in a journal versus like somebody wanting to take notes on their phone, somebody wanting to take notes in an app, you know, on their computer. Like I, I went and bought kind of like a virtual journal, right? Like the remarkable. So it feels like writing, but it's not, you know, it's still in a device. It's not on paper. What's the significance for you for like physically putting pen to paper?
1: Um, yeah, that, that was, that was from a mentor. And, 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 uh, and, and I, I think I looked it up a long time ago. But, but the, the things that like when you grab a pen and you write it, uh, the things that have to fire internally, like the, the, the neural pathways and the synapses and Mm -hmm. all that stuff, the stuff that has to wire and fire, it's like thousands and thousands of things have to come together where like typing is like, there's very little that has to come together. Okay. And so what he taught me is, is like, what flows through, it sticks to you. I like that. Yeah. And for me, the journaling is taking What's in my mind and getting it on paper, at least for me, is it's massively enlightening. I love
0: it. I, I'm thinking about like, abandoning my virtual journal and going back to pen and paper.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if you need to abandon it completely, but but I I think when you know, like when you're if you want to tackle money as a project, you know, I, I think there is a lot of power of seeing it in your own handwriting and it's it's real yeah. and it's on paper and yeah um and then you know and one of my gifts i don't know if my kids care or not but i want to you know i want them to i want this stuff to get handed to them for generations yeah
0: i and i've thought about that and so i think that's i think that's a that's a that's a big deal to me too chris what's the because obviously we're not going to get we're not going to get all the way through the book and we're not getting anywhere near through the book in in one session. And so I might have to beg you to come on multiple times. Yeah. You don't need
1: to. Uh, me. I'm, I'm there. Whenever, whenever, okay, whenever good. Whatever you want to do.
0: It. Wanna do it, what, what I want to, you know, cause I try to keep episodes, you know, 30 ish minutes, oh. 40 minutes max. Sure. And so where I want to kind of land the plane for, for, for this episode is like in your story, right? You, you have this incredible journey that sadly you got to come out the other side of and for a lot of people they don't they they never make it for a multitude of reasons when you look back at y'all's story
2: what are you most proud of um yeah i mean it's uh that i I stuck with it man
1: that i didn't um, yeah. And, and the, ch- the chapter on acknowledgement, I always get tears when I think about it, but it was, you know, it was the moment where like, I actually told myself good job, mm. you know, um, cause I'd never done that. I'd never given myself credit. I- I'd gotten plenty of love from other people and like acknowledgement, and, but, but it was, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, it was just, uh, I mean, the, the, the big theme in the book is it will be worth it. I think a lot of people, I think that's probably one of the things that got me through is I knew that whatever I was going through, it was eventually going to pay off. Like I never questioned that. And I think a lot of people are like, God, what if I put in all this work and it doesn't work out? Mm. And so I think it doesn't work out for people because you don't get what you hope for. You get what you expect. Mm. And I was expecting it to work out and I was willing to do whatever it took and it was, uh, that was just amazing today, man. I was, uh, I was, I was uh, getting in the car to go to a lunch appointment with a client, and I got this image of my, uh, my oldest when shit was going down, and he, he lived in Florida, and, you know, I took him to kindergarten for the first time. And, and I just got this, he had this little goofy hat on, and he, he waved at me, you know, and he went into the building. And uh, and I hadn't seen him in months, right? Because we were in such a, you know, he's living with his mom and it just, her and I weren't doing well, you know. And I just, I remember dropping off at kindergarten and just bawling my ass off, like Mm. just unbelievable. And then
2: he handed in his last assignment, school assignment ever yesterday. Wow. And
1: I called him. You know, he goes to Vanderbilt. He's he's already software engineer. He's just he's a stud. He's unbelievable. And I just called him, and it just in that moment, I'm like, God, man, I'm so grateful that I didn't quit, Mm. that I persisted. Yeah, because the blessings that have happened to me and happened to my kids have just been amazing, and it it wouldn't have happened if I would have bailed. Man, it would have been. My biggest fear is not the fear of failure; it's the fear of regret. That's yeah, my biggest, that's my biggest fear.
0: Man, that's powerful.
1: I I love this, uh, Chris.
0: How how do people go find your book? How do they follow you so that they can get more of you in their life?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, websites uh, chrisfelton.me, and uh, that's that's the best way to to connect with me. I sent out a, a weekly. Uh, uh email it's like a four minute video it's called uh, thank god it's monday so uh, awesome uh, yeah my mindset's on monday had to change if i was going to change my life mm. um and then uh, i'll have my uh, probably by the time this airs my my new workshop the deep dive in the book will be uh will be out I'm yes most excited about that So okay awesome
0: we will link to that when this episode airs chris i can't thank you enough man thank you yeah. for in all your busyness given time for this. I appreciate you.
1: Yeah, no, dude. Thanks for having me on. Grateful, man. You're a total stud and appreciate, appreciate you and grateful that we, uh, we met your blessing. Yeah, man. Thank you.
0: Guys, you heard it here first. I'm a stud and you're listening <laughs> to a really cool podcast. So tune in next week when this stud interviews <laughs> another cool person with an even cooler story. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow and reach out to my guest. Also, please consider sharing and leaving a review wherever you consume this content because this is the world we live in and your review online for others to see is invaluable for the success of this show. And remember, you're amazing. Talk to you soon.